Welcome to Season 2 of Voices from the Land, a special podcast series produced by the Legacy Hope Foundation. In this podcast series, we'll hear about Indigenous language revitalization projects and efforts to preserve and promote Indigenous languages across Turtle Island. Join us as we learn more about how Indigenous languages are helping Indigenous peoples connect, know, and remember the voices from the land. Hello and welcome to this podcast on Indigenous languages. Voices from the Land is an Indigenous languages podcast project produced by the Legacy of Hope Foundation. Its goal is to capture more perspectives and voices on Indigenous language revitalization. We are seeking to capture a range of perspectives to better reflect the many people engaged in Indigenous language revitalization. Our aim is that by listening to teachers, adult learners, and parents or guardians of children in language classes, we can gain more insight into what are the challenges and barriers, as well as the solutions and positives. In turn, we hope that this will form a larger discussion on how to support Indigenous language revitalization. Thank you all for joining us. In this episode, our guest is Russell Iron. He's a Cree language speaker who wants to teach and write the language for others to learn. He's also taught his children the Cree language, who are now teachers themselves. Hello, Russell, and welcome to this language podcast. How are you today? Hello. I'm good. Nice day today. Okay. Can you tell us a bit about your background, like where you're from, and uh, a bit about your community? I'm from Kennel Lake, Saskatchewan. It's north, uh, in, in, northern, in northern Saskatchewan. Mostly the old people speak Cree in the community and are not much of the children, but they are trying to teach them in school. And uh, I was raised by my grandparents across the lake, and uh, I went trapping and hunting with them, and that's all they spoke is Cree. Nobody, nobody, when I was a kid, nobody spoke English. The only word my grandpa used to know is bingo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went to see residents, and they didn't. They told us not to speak Cree over there, and even in school, I used to get traps all the time because uh, me and this one guy used to speak Cree all the time. And when we got caught, we used to get hit. Eh? But yeah. I just continued. I kept on talking my Cree, and I, and I was very. I'm very fluent in Cree, so my first language, I always say, is Cree. Right. I I went to university for one year in Saskatoon uh, to become a teacher, but my lifestyle didn't match what it needed. <laughs> At that time, I was a young, young guy in the 70s. And uh, lately, about oh, 2001 or 2004, I went to a college or university in Alberta, St. Paul, and it's called Leadership and Management. And everything they taught there was uh, in the language free and all the sweat ceremonies and everything like that. And boy, I really liked that. So I always used to think you know, the, the way uh, I wanted to talk, teach Cree. So my kids kept phoning me. They became teachers and they'd phone me. They'd ask me, how do you say this? How do you say that? And they have a hard time learning from the written part of it. They'd rather hear it from, uh, you know, how, how you say it. And then from there, they learn to speak it that way. Because yeah. when, they, when they hear it, it's much easier. But to try and read it, they're very hard. I, I, when I went to university, I tried reading their stuff, and 
I, I had a hard time because I was too fluent in Cree, so it was hard for me to learn the how to spell it. So when I spell something today, I just spell it the way it sounds. And for me, it helps my children learn how to speak or how to say it in Cree when, when, when they read it. And every time they ask me uh, some word or what do you name this, how do you say it in Cree, and I spell it out for them and it seems like it's easier for them to, to say it when I spell it. But that's not how it's spelled in the S-R-O or whatever that thing is. And that's how I've been doing it. Anyways, I got five children. I got two nurses and two uh, one teacher and living in the north. They're all up south, all over the place. Okay. Um, so you're not a formal teacher, but you're a fluent Cree speaker? And yeah. uh, you've taught your uh, your children Cree growing up. Yeah. And uh, what are some of the difficulties you had, like when you were raising your kids, teaching them the Cree? Uh, did you have any problems or barriers that you you had to overcome? They, yeah, they didn't want to learn, <laughs> they, and they they understood, but they didn't speak. They rather speak English because they they were shy of speaking Cree because. Other kids would laugh at them, right? And that's the thing. And I used to tell them just to speak it, and they, they still wouldn't. And kids nowadays have a hard time because they laugh at each other, right? And I yeah. think that I think that's one of the biggest barriers we have. But a lot of the kids nowadays, today, when I see them or hear them, they're proud to speak Cree. I think that one is changing a little bit. So yeah. for me now, that that makes me. Uh, feel like I should be teaching it. So once in a while, I'll go on Facebook, and when people ask about a Cree word there, I'll post myself speaking it in Cree instead of writing it. Right, and, yeah. And when people want to know how do you say this, I'll put a little video on there and show it and tell them what, what, how, how, you, how you pronounce it. I don't yeah. know if that helps. No, it's good. My dad was a Cree teacher, though. Yeah. Oh, he was in the okay. 60s. Yeah. yeah. What did he teach Cree? Uh, in the sixties, he taught here in Kennel Lake at the day school. He taught uh, well. He taught all the grades Cree, Cree, Cree language. He's a Cree language instructor. Yeah. Okay. A lot of the people in my age group they speak Cree, but not as fluent. But they 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 do speak a lot of them speak Cree and understand Cree good. Yeah. In your community, uh, what would you like to see change or improve for students to, for children, adults to, in learning their Cree language? I would like to see the school teaching the kids even up to grade three, straight three, because you can, you can transfer all the math, all the science, everything into Cree. And then it will be easy for them to go on to grade four in English or even five, six, you know, all those, they could easily revert those into English because by then they'll know all the words and they'll know. And then it'd be a lot easier for them to take Greek classes because then they could probably know what is being spelled on those books. Yeah. I'd rather see the, I'd rather see a Cree when, when a kids, even at a young age, because that's the easiest time for them to learn. I'd rather see them learn Cree first before English. Yeah. What are, would you say are some of the uh, barriers in your community for children to learn Cree? 
I I would say this the curriculum or the the school the school itself. Yeah. It's, uh, most of the time, people are just speaking English, straight English. Yeah. And it, the kids would it would be easy for the kids to understand Cree if somebody spoke Cree all the time. I would I, I would love to. I used to have a camp up across the lake here, and I used to take kids over to youth camps, yeah. and I speak Cree all the time to them. And you know, I'm thinking of doing that again, like putting signs on everything that that's at that camp with a Cree language. Yeah. I remember my grandparents when they taught me Cree. They would always physically point somewhere when they see Pita and Mamnikwagan, and they'd be pointing at the same time. Eh? So it's, it would be faster for them to learn hands on. Yeah. Instead of the, the writing part of it, I have a hard time. <laughs> I have a hard time with the writing part of it. Yeah. Well, our tradition is an oral tradition, right? It's not really. Uh... Yeah. Was never yeah. really written down, so everything was uh, yeah. passed down by speaking. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, in your community, uh, there is no Cree being taught anywhere in the school. They're teaching it now. Oh, they are teaching it. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's reviving again. It's starting right. to come back, and kids want to learn. And uh, we just started powwows here about three, four years ago, I think. Yeah. And we have a big, uh, big place, a power ground over there now, and, and the kids are just getting totally involved in that. So a lot of them want to be able to speak the language now. Eh? Yeah. Which yes. is a, which is a good thing. Yeah. And this is where they need a lot of people that that are able to speak the Cree language for them to listen to it and and, and to hear it verbally so that they can easily adapt to it. Eh? Yeah. I think too a lot of times the parents should the parents should speak Cree all the time, and and that way they would they would you know they would catch on fast. Eh? Yeah, and in the homes, is it how much Cree language is spoken in the homes? Oh, not much because it was kind of like me when I was in my young age when I first had kids. In my in my mind, I thought they only understood English because of the how. Where we were taught in the residence and, and, and even in the day school, we were taught just to speak English. So I assumed that's the only way they understood. So a lot of the parents nowadays, that's all they do. They, they instead of speaking them to in Cree, because in the back of your mind, you think they're not going to understand what you're saying. Eh? So you end up speaking in English to them. And I think that's how we kind of lost speaking it. Yeah. But now it's coming back, and I like that. It's 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 starting to be a little different. Are there any uh, language initiatives happening in your community? Mm, once in a while, they put on a bingo and they call Cree bingo numbers. They call the numbers the numbers in Cree, and they and there's usually a bingo Cree caller. And the radio station supposedly is supposed to be all Cree, but. I haven't worked there in quite a while now, but I used to be there all day long for eight hours a day speaking Cree, and it was a little too much for eight hours a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But not like on, unlike on other radio stations, they'll put a one hour one hour slot for each announcer. But here in our home community, they can only afford one DJ, so that one DJ has to do the the seven eight hours of Cree and. It gets, it gets kind of uh, hard because a lot of people will be phoning to speak 
we couldn't understand, and uh, especially the public announcements, we kind of have to revert them into English. Yeah. And uh, well, one of these days, maybe I'll do that again. Okay. When, when I get old, like you. <laughs> you get old, yeah. <laughs> uh, three more years. What would you say is, uh, like, uh, what are some of the barriers that are facing your community that you need to get over? You need to find ways to improve the uh, Cree language experience, learning experience in your community. I guess it's to, uh, to inform the public not to laugh at kids or adults that are trying to speak it. Yeah. In the majority of the time, because of how our how we are as, as Indian people, we're kind of, uh, we find everything funny. Right. So I think, I think that's one of the things that has to change is to try not to laugh at each other when somebody speaks the language and yeah. to, to, to encourage them to speak it more. Right. That would that would help a lot, and I think that the, that that would be the incentive that they would need, and and the kids in school too. At the same time, like when you when you see kids, I think the best thing I I I this is how I feel anyway. When when I see kids, I talk Cree to them, even if they if they know they don't understand, but it's good for for them to hear it. Yeah, and eventually they'll ask anyway what I mean, and you know. Maybe somehow I'm helping them, or I'm not too sure. But I, I, I kind of think that's the way it would work. Because when I was a kid, that's all I heard was Cree. Yeah. Everybody spoke Cree. No matter where you went, they all spoke Cree. The only time we spoke English is when we went out of the reserve. Eh? Yeah. And they used to have so many funny stories about the old people when they went to town. They had a hard time. Eh? But yeah. they, they, they were able to communicate even though they didn't speak a word of English. Yeah. But they must have had fun. Yeah. And and it probably turned around that way with the kids today. If, we, if they speak and, you know, just encourage them or help them pronounce it in a better way when they speak the language. Yeah. What's the nearest town, big town that you go to? Meadow What's Lake. The, Meadow Lake. Oh, okay, you're up yeah. in Meadow Lake. Okay. I've heard of that and, place. Yeah. Your community of Canoe Lake First Nation, most of the old people speak Cree and young people mostly spoke, speak English, uh, from what yeah. I gather from talking to you. Learning the Cree language, is, is it a priority in your community? Is it like the chief and council? Do they have a concern about introducing Cree in the community? Yeah, they, they are now. They're slowly coming around. It's, it's starting to come around. Like I said, people are wanting to learn now. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Or well, even thinking of the signs, of the signs, like the the, the road signs they, they just put up last year. Yeah. They should, some of them are in Cree, but all of them should be in Cree. Even the stop signs should be in Cree. You know, just, just so that kids will see them every day. And then what does that mean? Like even little words, you just put little words all over the place and, because they're going to try to know what that means. And if they're familiar with it and if they see it all the time, then that's probably what needs to be done. Yeah. Just make them aware or make yeah. them familiar with the, the language. Yeah. Show it all over the place. Even the stores have yeah. a big sign saying a mixture, you know. I think that would help. Yeah. Sure it will. I'm positive it would help, you know, at least the minimum people will, you know, will know, you know, what the uh the words of the various 
things are in the communities. Yeah, even around yeah. the house, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my my grandpa used to say that uh, the Cree language is what uh, it's it's like it's like the Munyao Bible. The Cree language is the one that shows you how to live, how to respect each other, how to be, you know, how to be respectful and. You can see one word, and it means a hell of a lot more in to try and translate it into English. It would be a one paragraph <laughs> sometimes. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah even right. when you say cow, yeah, you know, yeah. the kid knows what, what you mean. From that word alone, that kid, when you tell them cow, yeah, and whatever that kid is doing, in, in their mind, they're saying to themselves, so cow, yeah, means don't touch this act or something. Yeah. <laughs> know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's a simple language, but yet complicated to learn, I guess. I, mean, I don't know. What for for myself, you... it, was e it was easy for me to learn it because my grandparents were all pre-speakers. They're all fluent. Yeah. What would you say the community needs to do to bring back the language? Uh, that's uh, what I, what I say. Like, like have pre-camps. Have uh, Cree signs have everything in Cree, like you know, for for kids to see. Yeah. I think maybe that would be the that would help. And plus, the other thing that I said, like when you go to school, teach them how to speak Cree, teach them math in Cree, teach them science in Cree, teach them history in Cree, English in Cree, or whatever. But you know, it can be done like up to grade three because already those kids are learning English language. Around yeah. around each other, eh? yeah. And yeah. Because the the younger the 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 teenage group, they're already they're already caught up in this English language. So when these kids, young kids, that go home now, they're hearing the English language being spoken at home. But if they go to school and they hear the Cree language, there they're going to start learning. And then the, when when the kids come home. The parents are going to be so proud of these kids that are speaking English. So the parents are now going to promote it at home too, eh? and right. they're going to speak it all the time because then their kids are going to be associating with their stories or with their with with, uh, with speaking. That would be the biggest connection. I always used to say that if the reserve schools are bank controlled, why are they being so controlled with the outside society for them to speak English? Can they, can't they, if they're bank controlled, can they not control what kind of language they use at the school? <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah, that yeah. goes back to what you said earlier about it has to be in the curriculum, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that has to be a part of it, a big part of it, not just yeah. a small part of it. Like, like you can you can teach math in Cree, like, you know, yeah. simple, <laughs> and you can go all those high numbers and, and yeah. science, you can. It's the same thing. Like I guess, you know, I teach them about all the science stuff that they they do in school and history and lot, all kinds of things we can teach in Cree. Yeah. And then from there, after after they graduate grade three, grade four, grade five, however high you want to go, then then you for transfer what they know into uh, English. And it would be the same thing. Like they'd still learn one plus one is two because already they learned big they go big is the show. Yeah. What about in like in the community, uh what's preventing the community from let's say having language classes not in the school but in the community under reserve? I never even thought of that. That would be another good idea. 
there's even some adults that don't speak Cree. There's a lot of adults that are still shy to speak Cree. Really? And yeah. there's a lot of adults that talk at RO. Is it at RO? That they, they talk funny. They talk the way it was written. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, it's kind of like computer, yeah. computer Cree. And it's right. kind of scary. It's kind of scary because you don't want the kids sounding like that. If they, if they learn good Cree in school and if it's taught like that, and if it's taught through reading it, it's yeah. kind of hard because the kids are going to, they're going to sound funny in the future. It's not going to sound like Cree. Right. I guess that would be a big, that's a big challenge because uh, it's almost like each region or each community has their own dialect, right? And uh, yeah, you have to teach them the, not just the words, but also the sounds and the dialect of, the, of that community or that region. So that would be yeah. uh, even more difficult, more challenging for teachers. Yeah. See, other yeah. communities like, like uh, Alacross and not far from your Pine House, all, all of us, we, we talk a little different, but we understand each other because we're close, close-knit communities, eh? Yeah. They're close to each other. Like when you go to Montreal Lake now, it's a little different because they got the TH dialect, but we still understand them because you just, the TH, that's where the Y goes or that's why the N goes. And you kind of, it's kind of easy to understand each other, eh? Yeah. So yeah. that's another thing there. When a person from a community wants to learn Cree, which dialect do they want to learn? <laughs> that's the other thing. It depends on where they want to go, I guess. But there's there's one there that's always speaking, and he seems to. There's a lot of Cree speakers that seem to adapt to the language, eh? the TH language, the N language, the wide wide dialect. Yeah. You know, they all they all adapt to the dialects and they understand each other and they speak very fluently on those other languages too. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Any any suggestions? Uh, like this project is really geared toward uh, it's kind of a resource for teachers, people who are who are who want to teach the indigenous languages, whether it's Mohawk, whether it's Ojibwe, whether it's Cree, or or Inuit. Uh, so, what it'll be? It'll be a, a teaching a, a, a resource where the people can go and. Get ideas, get suggestions. These are what are the best practices for teaching an indigenous language. So, if you can offer any advice to uh, to teachers, my advice is to uh, to hire uh, fluent speakers as teachers, because a lot of the Cree teachers that I've met that are teaching Cree are not fluent. Yeah, they go by the book, which is not a good thing. So I'm I'm thinking to myself, you should be getting teachers, or even even have uh, an assistant that helps out the teacher to speak Cree, a teacher's right. assistant, Cree Cree speaker. That would be good, because I have a hard time believing that you need to go to university before you can become a teacher, because my grandparents. All my grandparents, they never went to day of school. And they taught me how to speak Cree. Yeah. So a lot of people looked at it that way. Why do you need to qualify to want to teach people the Cree language? Yeah. 
yeah must be a requirement in some some school districts yeah but uh, like uh, uh -huh. that would be that would be a very good example of what would might work is these people that are teaching Cree ask for funding to hire a person that's a fluent speaker to come in in the school and help you yeah that's a good idea you teach the kids yeah, I think it's because that obviously, obviously, that Cree teacher that's hired to teach the children is qualified to be a teacher. So, yep. if that person hired somebody as a fluent speaker to go help him teach, then that person they would still pass under the under the what the curriculum thing that they they require to be used. So, yep. I think that would be the, the the best idea. I still think the kids should be taught. From kindergarten all the way to grade three, three language. Grade it would be three. so nice to hear kids, grade three or even higher. These kids would be so nice to hear these kids speaking Cree all the time and then transfer them to English at a future day when they're a little older. Eh? Right. Because yeah. it, it seems like English is a lot easier to learn than it is to speak, to learn Cree. I think I had to learn start learning Cree early in. Uh... Like from the day you're born, I guess when you're a child, right? You gotta hear it all the time. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Well, uh, thank you for taking the time to do this with us, Russell. I appreciate okay. it very much. And on behalf of the Legacy Hope Foundation, we thank you for for taking this time. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Voices from the Land is a podcast project produced by the Legacy of Hope Foundation. Music is provided by David Finkel. For more episodes like this and to learn more about the work we are doing, please visit www.legacyofhope.ca.